Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Jake Scott broadcasting live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Come on by and see us. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. The warehouse, also their Salt Lake location, 1967 South, 300 West. Gordon, let's get into what's going on. The big news, big opinions uh, the, across the Zone Sports Network. Uh, let's start things off with the Joe Ingles show, and uh, the entire Joe Ingles show today was was really, really good and certainly worth a listen. But here's what Joe had to say, talking about Donovan uh, getting negative reaction on social leadership, on social media and Donovan's leadership. You know, I've been curious being around the Jazz a long time. Uh, um, <clears throat> the, the players have been, uh, I think, partly just because of the nature of the job and partly because of the way the celebrity has made players so big, they've kind of necessarily been separated from the general public. we got a lot of players now who are very interested in doing some type of social justice work. You know, it'll probably all be related, but based on individual guys, it could be a little different. But they're coming into a town from somewhere else. They're not connected here. And it can be hard to get connected. There's limitations in the collective bargaining agreement with what the club can uh, make you do or have you do. And if you work through your agent, well, your agent isn't necessarily grounded here. You've found a way to connect with people and nonprofits here and do work on autism. What can be done? Because I know there's people in the nonprofit community here who would love to work with jazz players and would have loved it for years and years, long before any of you were here. I mean, going back 15, 20, 25 years. Yeah. What can be done to bring it together? Because it's not easy for them to meet to meet you guys, and it's not easy for you guys to meet them. And then we just see someone like Donovan. He gets the, the negative blowback on social media, and it impacts him to some degree. There's no way around that. But the people who want to do what he wants to do have no way to connect with him. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's tough because obviously um, – I mean, I've been lucky in, so, I guess, so many different ways to, to meet people and um, get introduced to people, meet people in the streets. Is like I've agreed on deals and, and different contracts and stuff to do off court that I've met. Like I said, met, I've met like people in the street that, and things have worked out. I'll never forget, um, and this is it, going back to Australia, but I um, was in a hotel lobby in, in Australia and I was just kind of we were all waiting for the the concierge to, to kind of we were actually kind of probably complaining a little bit that it wasn't as quick to check in as what we wanted and we would, uh, and I was talking to a, a man and a woman an older man and woman and um, just had a general conversation nothing nothing crazy um, they asked me what I was doing and I asked them and all that and it turned into um, a, a partnership because of the company that they worked for and, and I got an email or my agency got an email out of the blue and um and said we we met Joe and spoke to him for five minutes and we want to partner up and this had nothing to do with sport or anything like that um, but just just kind of meeting someone I think I mean there's, there's obviously so many different ways that you can meet people I think you, you obviously with jazz players it's hard or NBA players because we're all over the place we're travelling and I mean I, I've done it in, in times in public where you really don't want to speak to them. like I'm with my family or my kids and I don't get to spend that much time with them and um, sometimes I'll I'll hear people saying my name or whatever and, and kind of just ignore it because I'm with my, my kids for the first time in a week or whatever it is. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I going back to what you kind of said about the, the Donovan and his posts and stuff like that. That hurts me as a as a person too because it's. I mean, obviously, I'm. I mean, you guys, I'm really close with Donovan. I've I've been really good, really good friends and, and close with nearly all my teammates that I've played with. And, um, to to see, I mean, I read some of the comments after I, I kind of heard what had happened. To me, it's like disgusting, but. Um, Obviously, that's a part of, of kind of what we're going through or what this country is going through of, of people listening and understanding and then trying to, um, trying to help, trying to understand what, what, what it feels like or what it is like to be a, a black male or, or a female. Um, so, like, for me reading that, and then automatically, obviously, for, for me, like I said, being a, a white Australian, it's like, how, how can I help? Like, how can I be there for Donovan? And I'm not, not obviously only Donovan, but this situation with, with what you said with this like, how can I be there for Donovan and, and help him and, and, and help make change? And um, I mean, that's on all of us, but it's a responsibility I'm, I'm going to take and, and try and do the, the best I can to... Um, Obviously, be on be on his side and, and and try and make him feel as comfortable as possible. Going forward, do you see Donovan taking a more active role, not just in social issues, but maybe relative to issues uh, regarding the team? I mean, I would hope so. Um, I think, and that's not a kind of me having a stab at him saying he hasn't done it because he, he's been pretty vocal um, probably all of his kind of couple of years except maybe, maybe his rookie year but um, he's always voiced um, kind of his opinion to, to us as a team and, and the organisation um, I mean if you, you look at it it's, it's his and Rudy's team really like it's it's their team and um, obviously we're, we're going to build and the team's going to build around them for as, as long as they're here and hopefully obviously that's for, for their whole career so um they both need to, to to be at the forefront of, of, of anything that, that happens if, if they feel comfortable. It's, it's always, uh, I mean, I would never, you can never push someone or, or, or beg someone to do something that they, they're not comfortable doing. And um, I mean, that's a part of my conversations, like I was saying with, with Patty, is to, to try and to understand better, to, to, to make sure you say the right things and you're supporting the right things and um, you don't want to just jump out and make a statement or, or tweet something when um, you could, obviously you, you're trying to do the right thing but you could actually make it kind of worse, you could be actually hurting more people with your words or, or a certain word or whatever it is uh, and that's a part of what I've kind of been going through this last kind of whatever, however long is, is trying to get a really good understanding and doing some research and listening to, to teammates and friends and um, people that, that, that fully understand what it is and, and I'm going to keep listening and, and keep learning. So there you go, a clip from Joe Ingles, Gordon. What do you think about what he had to say? I think it's right in line with uh, what you would expect him to say as a, a good common sense kind of guy. Uh, Donovan is uh, active with his opinion, both uh, as it pertains to social issues and it pertains to probably all issues, and certainly uh, within the jazz as an organization. Isn't it interesting to see a young player uh, sort of rise to that uh, that status within a team. Joe said that he's pretty much always been that way, but uh, more so after his rookie season. And that's what you would expect. He's the star of the team. 
Yeah, right. And with that comes some leadership responsibilities. Um, I'm not sure if he said it there and I just missed it, but he, he said it uh, at, a, at a point in the interv- interview where he said, this is Rudy and Donovan's team. This is their team. Yeah. They're the best mm-hmm. players on the team. They're going to be the leaders on the team. And, you know, if if Donovan is the type of personality that other NBA players want to play with, DJ and PK talked a lot about this today, then that's that's a really good thing for the franchise. And, you know, hopefully the franchise empowers Donovan Mitchell to leave an impact or an influence on the franchise itself. And you would think that they would do that. So, uh, you know, the, those two, that's why their relationship is so very important because they are they are the this generation Stockton to Malone. They are the two leaders and best players on the team. And, uh, it, you know, they can they can have a number of different influences. Yes, I agree completely. And, you know, the other thing about that is when a player like Donovan Mitchell rises to that, then they do feel the responsibility for the way the team performs. It's it's like it's a reflection on them, not just on the team, but on them. And I imagine that's where the double-barreled motivation is, is a good thing if they're able to handle it. Now, maybe some couldn't, but they probably wouldn't be stars to begin with. Right. Right. All right. Let's switch gears a little bit here and what's going on. Uh, Mark Pope was on with Hanson Scotty yesterday. And of course, he's had uh, success, Gordon, in that transfer portal. And here's what he had to say about that. You've cast a large net. And is that a philosophy of yours going forward that, hey, look, you know what? We're not going to leave any stone unturned. If a guy's hitting the portal, we want to talk to him. <laughs> well, listen, it's, uh, you know, it's, um, Clearly, with transfers, it's, it's even more important. But, you know, we talk about transfers, and it's their last chance, right? And so you have to get it right. And certainly for us, um, you know, every recruiting decision is it has to be right. And so, you, you know, I, I think there's a lot of coaches that are smart enough that they can just watch a player on film and have a couple conversations with the AU coach, and they can know whether that player is going to fit, right? It's going to be a good fit for the player and, and, the, and the program. Uh, again, we're, we're not that smart. Like, we actually have to do deep dives into the recruiting process before we can really know if a player is going to seam- seamlessly fit into what we're trying to accomplish. Um, sometimes we don't find find out till till really almost to decision day if if it's a good fit or not. And 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 that's because you know figuring out fit is really hard as the one thousand transfers a year. And it clearly illustrates it's hard to find the right fit. So, uh, and there's no shortcuts to do it. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that the, I don't think it works to just say, hey, I'm going to go uh, recruit. You know, every guy that's listed in the top 50 on ESPN's top 50 recruits, and whichever ones I get are going to be the ones. I don't think that actually uh, bodes well for programs for the most part. I think you have to find guys that fit, and certainly for BYU with with the really unique and special place that BYU is, uh, fit is even more important. And so you, you have to cover a lot of ground before you, before you find that out. And so, so that's what we did. I mean, you know, we knew that, you know, we had a, a long list of, of possibilities and kind of you just do a deep dive of every single one of those uh, young players that's trying to find a good fit. And, and uh, we're, we're really excited with, 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 um, 
the progress we made on our roster. We think we've identified some guys and, and, and managed to uh, build relationships with, with, with the right guys who can help us uh, continue the program, continue to grow the program. All right, there you go, Mark Pope, who no doubt Gordon has been very effective um, getting getting transfer talent to BYU. And it, frankly, he needs it. And there's opportunity for guys to come in and play right away because they just lost so much after last season. Yeah, especially right now. I mean, this is where I would expect to see more of this now than in future times. But uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you've been saying this for a long time. Do you think this transfer thing is going to do nothing but increase? And if that's the case, it doesn't matter if it's the, at the, toward the end of a guy's time in college uh, because sometimes you're the star players, you know, you only figure you're going to get them for a year anyway. Yeah, and I guess maybe maybe this is me being nostalgic, Gordon, but I miss building a college basketball program. You know, it's it's just not going to be that anymore. It's going to be instant gratification. You know, what transfers and what team can you put together for right now? And I wonder what effect that that will have because player development is going to take a hit in this thing. Well, you can kiss that goodbye. Uh, I know. At least with the better players. Yeah. Don't you think that? Don't you think that's a shame that we're not going to have that team building? And and you know, universities if if they lax the rules, are universities going to invest in developing players? Because as soon as they do, those players are going to leave. Well, what will be interesting to see is if in the cases of of programs that don't get those, I'm just stopping by on my way to the pros kind of athletes, can they compete? against uh, moving forward as as this kind of thing becomes more prevalent and when you have more transfers guys looking for just the right situation for them will the programs that do hold on to players even if they're not the big name type players will they be able to compete uh out of sort of forming a team instead of the guys that are just on their way Uh, well one thing that that's interesting to see one thing to note, I do think that the one-and-done thing is going by the wayside. Yeah. I, I don't think that that will exist uh, very much longer. Um, I think the NBA will change that policy. And people misunderstand that. That's not an NCAA policy. That's an NBA policy. Uh, so, And I, I think that that will be fixed sooner rather than later. So, I mean, you know, what effect will, will that have on it as well? But, you know. I just think gone are going to be the days of, hey, come earn your spot in the rotation, develop, and, you know, get ready for uh, your upperclassmen years to be spent with the same group of guys you've been developing with, you know, and, and having it culminate uh, in a in a big time, you know, fourth or fifth year with the program. It's just isn't not going it, to happen it, anymore. Yeah, isn't it interesting to consider the historical perspective on this? Remember, you, don't, you probably don't remember this, but there was a time when freshmen couldn't even play. Right. <laughs> Think about how laughable that would be under today's uh, situation. Well, how many of our, and for some reason football players are jumping to my brain when talking about this, but basketball too, like how many of, of the great players we watched over the years wouldn't have even stayed to play? Like, I, I don't know why, but I'm thinking Brandon Doman, who at BYU was told he wasn't going to play quarterback about a half a hundred times, right? And he stuck with it and gritted it out and ended up uh, with a with a pretty – unbelievable what junior and senior season yeah you know would he have even stayed at byu in today's day and age would he, oh, he, almost, didn't, doing... he almost didn't stay anyway right but, uh... right 
But how many guys that that, uh, that we've seen, you know, really develop and come into their own, how many more of those guys are we going to see? Or do they just end up going somewhere else where they're going to play immediately? I don't know the answer to that, but something tells me the latter might be the case. Yeah, which I find unfortunate. I know you disagree with me on that, but but I don't know. I find that unfortunate. Uh, let's let's do one more because this one's kind of fun. Uh, you know, Jay Catch. I know you are a a frequent uh, subscriber of the uh, the Cougar Center uh, locked on, or excuse me, locked on Cougars podcast uh, that Jay Catch does every day, Gordon. Yes. Uh, so he's been. It. He's been going through and and doing the all-time BYU based on number, right? You know, so the best BYU number seven. What what number were you when you were quarterback, Gordon? Twelve. Twelve. Who was a BYU? It wasn't John Beck number twelve, I think. It yes. Was, right? mm-hmm. And another great BYU quarterback was number twelve too, right? Because didn't they retire their numbers at the same time? Maybe I mixed. Was it that Mark up Wilson? Yeah. Mark no. Wilson, Wilson was six. Oh. Yeah. Gifford Nelson? I don't know. No, 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 no. Was Wilson six? I think it was six. And so was Robbie Bosco. Anyway, uh, you could guess, uh, based on us playing this, who was named the number one player who wore 72 at BYU. (laughs) Hey, Scotty, not to brag, um, but, but, so have you seen Jake Hatch and the Cougar Sports Podcast? Yes. Has Locked been, on Cougars. Yeah, so they've been doing this countdown by jer- Jersey. Hey, Lloyd, knock on that window there and get Jake in here because you, you, you're on. You're you're floating on cloud nine. I, right I, I am. I'm pretty. I'm pretty excited about this. I got to admit, there there's a lot of emotion that has welled up in me in regards to this vote, and I am a little bit overwhelmed by the by the uh, overall support of the BYU fans. First off, Jake, shame on you. Why? Because you got our guy all fired up. Okay, so <laughs> hold on, though. No, it's a good shame on. Okay. Um, I thought you were going to say shame on you for even putting hands like against people and not just... Oh, no, no. No, you deserve to be there. So I like how you got an opportunity to subtly remind everybody you hold defensive records at BYU. <laughs> That was real subtle by you. Only two. Only two. Only, only two, but you know. Only uh, only two. Only tackles for a loss in a game. Which Colorado was, State. Which was six. And that's a lot. Fumble recoveries? What was the other one? Yeah, and fumble recoveries in a season, which was six. Don't which you is feel a like lot. that's just, you know, feeding off all the hard work of Chris Hoke? Uh, no, that's feeding off about, nastiness in a pile. What about Satemanali? Come on. Satima was a beast. <laughs> Byron, no, Frisch, Byron Frisch was a lot no, of help. That's true. The dirty stuff you did in the midst of a uh, of a pile, I love the fact that more often than not, you're coming up with that football. I did things that would make children cry. We're probably illegal in 17 states, including Puerto Rico. I did things you can't get away with now. Like, now you'd be put the in jail. The multiple camera angles would not have been good for you in this day and age. Not at all. I was going to say, the extra cameras now would be a bad deal. Uh, but I will tell you, yes. No, to, to your point, though, a lot of people did aid in my ability to hold the record for most fumble recoveries in a year. I had to thank Rob Morris um, because Rob did cause one, the one that I was able to get the touchdown. Yes, with. absolutely. So, you know, we're really getting into the weeds with, you know, all of my accomplishments yeah. and achievements here. But um, and really, this is about <laughs> but really this is about the locked on cougars podcast <laughs> this is about so i was up against four other 
Mm-hmm. Was it four other? Oh, three others. There's three other finalists we have for each Twitter poll we run on. BYU legends. Yeah. And, you know, the number 72 is on the line. And I thought, oh, man, I'm in, I'm in trouble here. I didn't think I had a chance. And, Jake, would you like to announce the, the percentages and, and the winner? <laughs> I'm pulling that up uh, as we speak. Uh, uh, of this particular so let's poll. let's run down the finalists real quick. Uh, Nick Ayer, known as the Bear when he played at BYU. Yeah, the Bear Ayer, very well known. I, I, his, his number might be retired. Uh, might be. Wayne Baker was another finalist, along with Brian May, both offensive linemen who played. Brian May, I think he's All-American. Okay. Yeah. But it's not really fair going up against offensive linemen because you know what's interesting about those guys? Then there's one guy named Hans Olsen that shows up on this list. Bam! (laughs) Okay, so how do we do? Final tally of this, Hans Olsen with 82% of the vote. Wow! (laughs) Brian May with 10%, and Nick Ayer with 6%, and Wayne Baker bringing up the rear with 2%. Can you believe that I beat the Air Bear? (laughs) Air Bear. Yeah, I'm shocked. That Air Bear didn't get more votes. How about that, Gordon? He's going up against uh, three dudes that that I've never heard of. Maybe I should have. And how about Hans? Be like, oh, he was an All-American, wasn't he? Oh, they retired his number, right? (sighs) Well, let's see. Uh, Nick Air, he did play at BYU. Uh, All-American honors, yes. And he played okay. professionally for the Houston Oilers for a single season. I don't know. Uh, of all the numbers at BYU, that 72, yeah, that may have been a bit fortuitous for Hans. Wow. Competition really not that stiff. Shots fired. 82% of the vote probably also uh, buoyed by the fact that he is on local radio. <laughs> I don't know if Air Bear has a show where he can, you know, keep his name out there. Yeah, Was that really his nickname, Air Bear? I hope it was. Uh, all right. We uh, are hoping to have Qu- uh, Coach Quinn Snyder coming up here shortly. Joining us now from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. That's where we are today. He's our good friend, Tom. Tom, let's blow some minds. Jake, I got a deal for you. I got a deal for you. All right. Did you see this gorgeous, upholstered, high back, dimpled, very beautiful piece? Beautiful, yeah, gorgeous. beautiful. Yeah. Gordon, this bench is $1,700 on the internet, and it's on sale for 1000 It is gorgeous. We're going to do it for two ninety nine. How about that? Oh. Boom. That's what I like to hear. This is one that your wife would love, Gordon. I may Absolutely have to, love. I may have to have one shipped up here. <laughs> hey, uh, we, we talked and teased a little bit about the adjustable bed situation. Um, the whole furniture industry has been affected, like the whole world. Right. But things have not been manufactured for 100 days. So there's a lot of companies, and not to waste 40 minutes talking about how furniture is made, but a lot of companies build kits overseas, ship in here, assemble them here, and then they're assembled or made in the United States. And you can get... Obviously, you're not shipping air. A big sofa has a lot of air in it. But if you put all the components, you can fit 25 times as many on a container as shipping the air. 
So a lot of people do that. The problem is there were no kits made for 100 days. Hmm. So there's a big shortage in the industry, especially with upholstery. We have um, the same problem now with adjustable beds. Nobody's making components to build them, so all the existing inventory is depleted. Right. So prices, they're having to do special things to get subcomponents to ship them. So what I'm trying to say with all those big, long, lengthy sentences is prices on adjustable beds have gone up. I have enough inventory that I'm going to pass it on, and it's going to last. I'm telling you, they'll be gone in a week at this price. I have three beds now. It's a California split king. I can do two bases with a solid king mattress for $17.99. This is the base that has every feature. The base by itself at our competitors is $3,700. So come in and take advantage because you will never see it again. We also have the king deal. We talked about the home show. Our competitors, Christopher went over there. The bases were $3,700. The mattress was $3,600. I'm going to do the whole package for $2,499. But I'm telling you, I only have six of them. Wow. I have six beds left at that price. Queens, you can see the stack, Jake. Yep. There's four queens. This is a $5,400 setup. Home show special was like $34.99. We're doing it for $13.99. Wow. Queen with all the features. Let's say you want an opening price point. You need a new bed, $4.99 for a queen. Head up, fully uh, motorized, adjustable bed. You will never see that price again. I cannot replicate it because the price increase. So come and see us. We've got all kinds of beds that we're going to be talking about. The Gordon Special, we're going to do this S brand. I have six left. All right. I had 46 of them. Wow. So they've gone. Mattress, both box springs, and a frame. It's a $1,900 package. Your price, $499. That's headboard, footboard, rails, two box springs, and the mattress, $499. Wow. All right. Take advantage of it. 86 East, University Parkway, right here in Orem. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Thank you, Tom. Uh, 1967 South 300 West in Salt Lake, if you'd uh, prefer to go to the Salt Lake location as well. Uh, we're supposed to be joined by Jazz Head Coach Quinn Snyder any moment. Uh, quick on air, on air producing. All right. We'll step aside here for a second. Coach Snyder, we're hoping on the other side, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. But I'll keep your number safe Cause I'm hoping that you'll get the sense to call me I'm hoping that you'll say You're missing me the way I'm missing you Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse here in Orem, 86 East University Parkway. Come on by and see us. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. Gordon, we're expected to be joined by Jazz Head Coach Quinn Snyder coming up here momentarily. Very nice of uh, Coach to give us a few minutes. I'm certainly looking forward to uh, hearing his thoughts on the return of the NBA and his team. Yeah, uh, there's lots to talk to him about, so we'll look forward to it. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's time where people are ramping up for this thing. And so uh, I think uh, jazz fans are very excited. Is there a, a specific storyline? And maybe it's something we've talked about a bunch, but is there one thing that stands out that you're looking forward to uh, seeing or, or seeing the answer to for the jazz? 
just how they come together and how they're what they're able to do under very unusual circumstances. And will they thrive? Will they will they be? Uh, will they show themselves to be better prepared than other teams? Uh, are they? How motivated are they to to contend? Like uh, they talked about for so long before uh, the stoppage of play. What what uh, how what, how are they able to do that relative to what other teams are able to do rel- relative to what we saw four months ago? All right, let's waste no more time. Let's get out of the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Joining us now, the head coach of the Utah Jazz. He is Coach Quinn Snyder with us here on The Big Show. Coach, good afternoon. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Hey, we're doing just great. We're excited to be able to watch some basketball again. Give us your thoughts overall on the plan to return to play. Well, I think it seems... It seems like a, a long time ago that that we were in Oklahoma, um, and then touched down back here in Salt Lake uh, in, in our initial quarantine, and um, and and then at the same time, you know, it, it doesn't seem as long. And now that we're playing again, I, I think more than anything, um, you know, the events of the last few weeks, you know, have captivated everybody's attention. Where there was a point when there was a lot of dialogue with, within our team about are we going to play and, um, you know, what's the timeline and things like that. And, and in many ways that, that subsided um, with a focus more on um, what's going on in our country. So um, I know our attention, it's not lost on everybody that, that we're going to be playing um, coming up here in Orlando. And there's a number of hoops to jump through before we get there. Um, our guys are, are, you know, everybody that we've seen, we haven't been able to work as a group yet, but um, as guys have come into the gym, I, I think you, you see a little bounce in their step and when they get in the gym. And at the same time, I think um, everybody's very, very thoughtful about some of the other things that have been happening. And it's been good to see some of our players have an opportunity to um, to express, you know, how they feel personally and, you know, how they feel these things impact us. Um, both as an organization, as a society, as a community. So, Quinn, how does that work as far as focus on basketball and focus on these very important issues? Uh, the, have you noticed that the players will be able to dial in on, on the basketball? Uh, because you are very proud that they are uh, focused on other things as well. You yourself have uh, teamed up with coaches around the league to uh, to underscore these important issues. So what's the relationship between that and ultimately hoop? Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's been great, Gordon. You know, we have a coaches association, and, you know, we meet um, infrequently throughout the year, um, you know, around certain issues. Um, but, you know, recently – those meetings have been taking place weekly, if not more than weekly, and you know, sharing thoughts about um, really that our relationship and our responsibility um, as leaders of, of these players and how we can do our part, um, not just in supporting them, um, but on our own with our own initiatives and opportunities to, to formulate an impact. So, with respect to you know, focus on basketball, you know, focus on 
racism, social injustice. Um, one of the things that, that we all deal with um, in this game um, is that 48 minutes when you're on the floor um, where you're losing yourself in competition. Um, when that game's over, you're, you're often reminded of, you know, how inconsequential, um, you know, at those other moments, what you're doing um, with basketball. The, the, I think the thing that, that is um, not interesting but relevant is that, you know, in this case, these two things intersect. And that intersection of, you know, the platform, the voice, um, the passion that the players and the coaches, and I think su- in, in, with support of the league, have with respect to many of the social issues we're seeing, that basketball um, can become an accelerant for those things. It can be something that um, that continues to keep this conversation going and, and frames it in ways that, that can be productive. So um, I, I think there's a synergy between between the two, and I think our players feel that. Um, I don't think um, that there's distraction as much as there is an opportunity. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder with us here on the Big Show. And coach, no doubt that Boyan Bogdanovich was an extremely productive member of this team and he had the wrist surgery and is going to be unable to return for Orlando. Will you talk about the challenge of, uh, of replacing that production he brought? Yeah, um, well... It, it goes without saying I, I could sing Boyan's praises um, and take up the rest of your show because he's been such an important part of what we've done. Um, I think there's a belief within our team without any disrespect to Boyan because uh, our team knows the same thing I do. And obviously we'd like to have him. Um, we think he made the right decision to have that surgery. He probably would have tried to play through it. <laughs> if we didn't have to wait um, as long as we did to play, but it, it just didn't make sense. And there's a risk to him um, for him not to have it done that could potentially hurt him more long-term. But I think our guys um, are enthusiastic um, about who this team can be. And it sounds crazy um, in some respects. It's, it's not a new season, um, but there's so many unknowns. Um, everything from the obvious without the fans to the bubble, um, all the precautions, um, the, 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 just the, the strange nature of the, of the preparation. Um, and, and when you have a team that's got an enthusiastic mindset, I, I think that um, can be a real, real positive. It's, it's really important for, for myself and for our staff um, to adjust to that as well. And that's something that requires a lot of thought. Um, in terms of, you know, what do we do differently um, to maximize the group that we have? Um, do you try to, you know, do you, do, you, do, you, do you go so far and feel like you're reinventing the wheel and, and taking guys out of comfort zones? Um, or you can, can you put them in comfort zones? Sometimes that's staying with something you do. Sometimes it's, it's making an adjustment. Um, so that's been a big um, part of our thought process as coaches, but I think our guys are going to be confident. Um, we'll look different. There's no question about it, but we've got some good players that really like playing with each other and they're competitive uh, and they're together. You know, I, I think the, the, the hallmarks of our team um, are there and I think they're, they're excited to, to get out and to compete. 
So, Quinn, with that in mind, do you feel like you can shift into another gear with this group? And can they show from a competitive standpoint and from a collective standpoint together as a team that, hey, man, you ain't seen nothing yet. This uh, this can be this can go farther and further and, 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 and higher and, and uh, to a more glorious end. Well, I, I, you know, let, let's use a racing analogy, Gordon. You know, we've got, you know, the monster trucks, the drag racing, NASCAR, and Formula One. And, <laughs> you know, it, we're, we're trying to figure out what track we're running on. And hopefully we can, you know, we can have, you know, it, it's our job to figure that out and then, you know, figure out what the car looks like. And I think we got some really good pieces that um, have the potential to, you know, to do some good things and, and and hopefully go fast enough to win a few games. Coach, we really appreciate a few moments of your time. It's great to have you back on the show. Thank you very much. Thanks, Thanks guys. Gordon. Appreciate it. See you, Gordon. Mm-hmm. See you, guys. Okay. See you. Okay. Thanks, Coach. Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder with us here on the big show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. That is one of the most fascinating things to this whole this, this whole situation as far as basketball goes, Jake, what, I mean, do they shift into a, a, a new potential, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. And I liked his answer about uh, the challenge of replacing Bogdanovich too, where he said, Hey, listen, Boyan was awesome, but we feel like we're up to it. You know, I thought that was a good comment on it. Good way to look at it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, you you can't reinvent everything, but will there be a new emphasis, a new personality, a new um, sort of com- combination of success? What can this team do? What can it accomplish? Given everything in the background, and maybe it's in the foreground, and that is the COVID nineteen situation. How do you handle that? The the social injustice thing. The 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 uh, reach for progress in that regard. How do the Jazz, as a unique organization and as a unique team, as a unique coaching staff, either uh, uh, thrive in that environment or have it get in the way? And right. look, only they can answer those questions. But it will be interesting and compelling to see if it does. Yeah, and they're all going to have to pull in the same direction, and and I I have no doubt that uh, they'll be well prepared by Coach Schneider, and you know he's a, a unique mind, and this is a unique situation, so I think that bodes well for the Jazz. I, it, you know, the loss of Bogdanovich is a big one though, Gordon, and and yeah, I yeah. asked you before we started that interview what kind of is the number one storyline you're looking at. Mine's still the same as it was at the beginning of the year. How how good can Mike Conley make this team? I mean, I think we're going to get. I think we're going to get good to great play at all times from Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. So can Mike Conley be that number three that takes him to the next level? You know, that's still the number one. That's still the number one issue in my mind. And I think you're exactly right. It is huge. That may be as important a thing as anything else that pertains to basketball with, with this particular group, because as you talked about, uh, Donovan, Donovan Mitchell is Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert. Or I think Mitchell can be even better than what he's shown in the past. And maybe Rudy can be a little bit uh, as time goes by. But how soon, how quick will those things come into play? But Mike Conley, 
Mike Conley. I yep. mean, that is what can he contribute to this team? Uh, can he propel them to uh, we know they have their playoff team. We know they have potential to do something in the playoffs, but how far they go, I mean, ultimately, the difference will be what Mike Conley contributes. Remember, do you do you remember all those years ago when Carl Malone, there were Stockton and Malone, and they were heading into another round of the playoffs? And what did Carl say? Do you remember who he sort of put an onus on at that time as to who the real difference maker on the team would be? Do you remember that, Jake? Stephen Howard. <laughs> no, he said Brian Russell. Wow. Brian right. Russell. Not and, Greg Foster then. And, and I think that uh, Mike Conley has potential to be a much bigger factor on this particular jazz team in this uh, in the here and now than Brian Russell would for those teams of Jazz past. So, will it happen? Well, he has a gym in this house. That could help. All right. We're live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway, right here in Orem. Mountain America Market Update coming up next. Sam Amick at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Oh, number safe, cause I hope you'll get the sense to call me. I'm hoping that you'll say you're missing me the way I'm missing you. So I'll keep your number safe, cause I hope one day I'll get the cry to call you. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Sam Amick is going to join the show coming up next, but right now it's time for another Mountain America Market Update. Let's get out to The Zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's Jake Mann with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Jake. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Hey, we appreciate it. Tell us about those markets today. Yeah, the markets were up today again. The Dow gained almost 300 points, or 1.18%, to close just over 25,700. The S&P 500 climbed 1.1% to 3,083. And the NASDAQ Composite advanced 1.09% to 10,017. The market had a hard time finding a direction today. It finished or opened almost 200 points negative, uh, but finished positive almost 300 points um, on news of decreased banking regulation. Is that really what the, uh, the springboard was, that one particular item? It, it was right there towards the tail end of the market. Hmm. Any advice for our listeners, given the circumstances as you peruse them? Yeah, you know, uh, my advice would pivot just a little bit today. I think when I've been on previously, we've talked about the importance of um, setting up a six-month emergency fund or saving for retirement. But today, I would advise all the listeners to go out there. If there's anyone that depends on you from a financial standpoint, whether that be a, a spouse, a child, or a parent, uh, to look into purchasing some term life insurance. I've just had a couple situations recently where I've met with some members, some better prepared than others. And really, there's no excuse. Term life insurance is so inexpensive you can usually set up a policy for $20, $30 a month and just make sure your family's protected. So um, you can set that up through your local insurance agent, or if you need further assistance, you know, you can always contact us here at Mountain America, and we'd be happy to help. Thanks, Jake. We appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. You too. That's Jake Mann from Mountain America Investment Services, and that is another Mountain America Market Update.
The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. All right, Sam Amick joining us coming up on the other side, but joining me right now, of course, we're live at the Warehouse 86 East University Parkway. Don't for, uh, That's their Orem location. Don't forget about Salt Lake 1967 South 300 West, but my good friend Tom joins the show once again. Where are we going in this one, Tom? Jake, where do you want to go? Oh, man, I don't know. Beds, couches, dining sets. Those were great deals. It seems like there's no bad place to go. Let's go to beds. Okay, let's do it. Uh, how about this incredibly gorgeous? All right, looking right at it. King bed. In this deal that we've been talking about all day from a famous, better branded uh, furniture manufacturer, I got about 12 beds. You're looking at one of them. This is a king bed. It's normally $1,200, and it's going to go on sale for $699. How about boom? $299. Wow. <laughs> you will not see. This is uh, a king upholstered, dimpled, uh, beautiful headboard, footboard rails, the entire platform. Uh, it also has nail heads. 1200 bucks. No. 299 That's amazing. It's an incredible deal. I also have next to it uh, our Cow King Special. We only have six of them left, so if you've been thinking, oh, gosh, I better go down, they're, they're gone. Uh, that's what happens when you have a finite number. When they're gone, they're gone. Right. This is one of the S-brand mattresses, uh, famous. I can't say the brand. And if Hans was here, he'd say it, and I'd have to hit him. Well, yeah, and, you know, it would seal the deal if Hans He would want here. to yeah. seal the deal, and yes, that would, would. Be, get me in trouble. <laughs> Mattress. Box springs, headboard, footboard, dreads. The entire deal, not nineteen hundred bucks, but four ninety nine. Wow, you're sitting on one of the best deals in the country. This is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's real leather, uh, sofa love. The love seat has a console with cup holders, and I know that's important to Gordon. Four recliners, <laughs> not fifty six hundred bucks, but we're going to sell it for nineteen ninety nine. Unbelievable. This is just Gordon, beautiful. Have you ever heard of a reclining sofa and love seat that's real leather for nineteen ninety nine? No, I haven't. It's a deal. Mm-hmm. I'm not done. All right. Look at this gorgeous sectional. Ooh, all right, turn it around. Beautiful. All right. The sofa is a massaging sofa. Okay. Ooh, I like that. It's supposed to be thirty six hundred bucks. I'm cutting it in half. We're going to go seventeen ninety nine for the entire sectional. It's gorgeous. Four recliners, and the sofa has massage. How about last but not least, I've got uh, in this big deal, we got some TV stands. They're $2,200, $2,400. I'm going to do your choice, $399. I've got three or four to choose from. And then the bedroom set. This is the nicest bedroom set I've had in the store for a long time. Uh, it's not 5600 bucks. We're going to do the whole thing in queen for 1199 in king for 1299 
You're not going to find better deals anywhere else. It's the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem, 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Boom. There you go. All right, Sam Amick joins us next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.